Okay, PBDO, what do you think? Beep, beep. This is your new design. <coughs> Sorry, PBDO, you're gonna have to get used to it. We We've gotta show our audience that we are taking things in a new and fresh direction. Yeah, PBDO, I even put an echo effect on this cold open to show the audience that we're going in a new and fresh direction. So are, are we gonna do anything different? As far as like structurally or like kind of adding new elements? Not, not really, not for the most part. We're just kind of do the same thing, but we're gonna have a fresh and updated look. But hey, I promise you, VC, it's still gonna be fun. PBDO. PBDO, why don't you open those cargo bay doors? Open them up, we gotta talk about Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Bebo. Welcome to the Cargo Bay, a Star Wars conversation podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C here with my co-host, Adam B. And hey, if you're listening to our podcast right now, we're glad to have you here in the Cargo Bay, where today, BC, we're talking about Star Wars Episode 7. The Force Awakens. It's awake. Bling. And so am I. <laughs> Those are my eyeballs popping out. Bling. Pop bling. Now, VC, this is one of the first things, uh, one of the first pieces of information we got about The Force Awakens was the title. Uh, so don't let me forget. I want to talk about the title of this movie. Okay. The Force Awakens. Yeah, right there in the title. Um, before we get into it, I, uh, how the heck are you? What's been going on? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, BC, I, I don't know. What has been going on? Not much. I've been spending time working on, on the old podcast marketing out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we have acquired a total of one or two new listeners, at least for a week or two, I hope. All right. <laughs> so shout out if you're a new listener out there. Hey, listen. And I've been spending too much money on cards as well. That sounds about right. Hey, uh, if you're listening, you should know that you're part of a, a tight knit community, and we're 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 just darn glad you're here. Um, so, that's right. So, this is the ground floor. BC. That's right. You you want to get on on the ground floor? You know, before we take off with our Kenobi reaction episodes, we're recording this just a, a couple days after we got. Some new Kenobi footage. That's right, VC. We did. We got a lot more Kenobi shooting them pews. Uh, some pistol action. Uh, how are you feeling about that? I, I love that shot of Kenobi throwing the throwing the martial arts move on the, the stormtrooper and then shooting someone in the face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where he's shooting the person he's aiming at, but it's one of the things you aim for generally. If you want to get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to um, get him. If you want to get him, uh, yeah, aim for the face. I say that in movies a lot. Why don't they just shoot him in the face? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, uh, maybe he's shooting for the face. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I've said it before. Um, I'm definitely in the bag for this show. Uh, I'm trying not to get my hopes 
too sky high, but I don't, I can't help it. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to everything about this. If it's bad, I'm not going to care. If it's great, I'm going to lose my mind with just joy and excitement. Um, but either way, I'm just excited to see the adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi continue. I mean, hey, BC, we got, we already got a, a somewhat memeable viral moment out of this new trailer footage, which is Uncle Owen saying, oh, what, you're going to train him like you trained his father? Someone who's a friend of a friend on Twitter was like, that's the second biggest burn of Uncle Owen's life. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, also that was, also uh, another good burn. Yeah. Solid, <laughs> solid burn for sure. Um, Did we see four Lom in there? Yeah, I think that was four Lom. Um, uh, pretty cool. We got Forlom, we got Kumail Nanjiani as a uh -huh. human, not as a the voice of a droid or something, which is exciting. Uh -huh. um, so he got, he didn't just get jacked for Eternals, uh, <laughs> so he's jacked for Kenobi as well, which is exciting. It, I've been a fan of Kumail Nanjiani since he was, just had like stand-up clips on YouTube, right? Uh, and so... Uh, he he was one of the first people I saw when I moved to Los Angeles. I went to a comedy show that he did at Nerd Melt. And nice. uh, let me tell you, BC, I, I had a little bit of resentment when he got jacked as hell. I was it just it hurt my feelings somehow. I don't know why You've I was jealous. me, Kumail, with your <laughs> muscles like... and your abs and your <laughs> rippling biceps. What have you done? I just find him a little less relatable, but I'm happy he's in Star Wars. I think he'll do a killer job. Um, but yeah, it is. It is funny that um, you become less relatable when you join two of the biggest properties in the history of humankind. But good for you. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. shouts to you, Kumail, for securing the bag and having like the greatest life, I guess. Yeah, because you'd be like, I'm in a Marvel and a Star War. I've got a great movie that I you know, wrote myself and starred in and was really good in. I've got a great body of stand-up work. I got uh, a great anyway, body. <laughs> I, get, I got a great body, period. Uh, Kamal, if you want to come on the show, that's your official invitation. Um, again, get it on the ground floor. Um, our fours of listeners are going to love hearing from you. This is the official invite to Kamal Nanjiani. We can blast this all over our socials that have sixes hey, and sevens of followers. I'll do a targeted ad on okay, Twitter. Yeah, cool. See, yeah, see so, if I can get a, get some eyeballs on it. So, Kumail, whenever you're ready, you know, uh, come on. We'd love to have you, especially when we get to your episodes of Kenobi. I think, you know, you know, you can you obviously you can go wherever you want. You're Kumail Nanjiani, for goodness sakes. But who would expect you to come to the cargo bay? No one. That's right. Sometimes this... it's sometimes it's about doing the unexpected thing, Kumail. A little gorilla promo out here yeah. in the cargo bay. But, yeah. but BC, before <laughs> the opportunity slips away. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've been uh, been working the grind. Uh, no, I've been <laughs> I've been uh, celebrating Star Wars Day. Um, I watched The Force Awakens on May the Fourth as I was assembling my Red Five helmet from Lego. So I, I celebrated properly for May the Fourth. Um, monitoring cards, monitoring cards. But for more of the card information, check out our Hobby Talk uh, episodes. It's going to have all things card talk on there. That's right. We do two episodes a week, one about trading cards and one about some sort of Star Wars media. Uh, and and that's why we're here today talking about The Force Awakens, BC, which I watched late last evening. 
um talking the wee hours i stayed up watching this movie um so i'm excited to talk about it let's go uh let's go directly to a little memory lane though so you watched it late last night early this morning even perhaps what do you remember from december 2015 i think is when this came out Man, wow, that's that's hard to think about how many years ago that's been. Oh, well, BC, let me start a little earlier than that. I, I uh. remember awaiting the trailer for this movie. Or like I said, the, first the title came out, I think, and I thought, that's kind of a lame title. The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. It was it, asleep, it, and now it's awake. I, I just didn't love the title, but whatever, you know, not fine. Uh, but let me see that trailer. And, and BC, I was working as a dishwasher. So I was in a dish pit and I was waiting for like the hour tour. I might have even known what hour was coming out, but as soon as possible, running out to go watch the thing on my phone and then watching it a hundred times after and BC that first trailer, I was stoked. I was like, look at those practical things. Look at this kind of like new flavor they got. I'm excited. And then another trailer coming out later showed that we had basically another Death Star, at which point all of my hope went right out the window and my expectations were leveled. I was like, OK, it's going to be bad. As, as soon as I saw like a, a Death Star again, I was like, all right, it'll be bad, uh, which I don't know, maybe put me in a good place to watch the thing. I still had a good friend of mine flew out. Um, I had recently moved to Los Angeles and I bought us tickets on opening night to the Cinerama Dome, downtown Hollywood, a historic theater that is now closed. Um, and then I also bought us tickets for the next night to go see it at the IPIC, which is like this fancy theater with like recliners and like they bring you food and stuff because I was like, even if it's bad, we're going to want to see it twice, right? <laughs> like whatever. Um, and then truly like one of the most hyped I've ever, the most hyped I've ever been for any movie or probably ever will be just because I had to wait that long to see a Star Wars and I didn't care if it was good or bad. I just wanted to eat popcorns popcorns, plural, more than Multiple. one of those things. You didn't just take one out of the giant bucket. And I was hungry. Say, I'm done. I had one popcorn. No, you grab them by the fistful, obviously. Um, I knew <clears throat> I knew if I was watching lightsabers and eating popcorn and able to talk to my friends about it, it was that's all I wanted. And let me tell you, it was electric in that theater waiting for, you know, I didn't have any spoilers waiting for that thing to kick up. Uh, it was so exciting uh, and it was it was a highly emotional experience watching this thing. Just getting a tear in my eye, like seeing the Millennium Falcon exit the atmosphere and being like, oh, I get to watch this kind of bull for the rest of my life now. <laughs> it's back. It's back. The stuff I like. Um, and and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the thing um, those first two times. Uh, spoiler alert. I, I love that they killed Han Solo. I love that it was basically a Han Solo movie. And although I knew there were I had issues with like elements of the plot and this or that, I mostly was like, it's kind of cool. I got a Han Solo movie. Very, very Han Solo forward, um, which is great. Was uh, surprising. Yeah, it, yeah, I think you, going back to what you said in terms of like 
having the ups and the downs of the trailers, it put you in like the perfect manic state of being ready to watch <laughs> a Star Wars movie because the the expectation going into any Star Wars movie or now like TV show is always like, I, I just it's going to be good or bad. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be good or bad. And that's kind yeah. of where I'm at with it. Uh, so I think I think those those two trailer experiences set you kind of right right on the path um, for for what this would be. Um, I remember going to see this um, in I went to the Fiesta Square, uh, the Ooh. AMC Fiesta Square here in Fayetteville. Um, and my, one of my strongest memories is the fact that uh, our buddy Levi Went to the theater as soon as it, the doors were open that day to sit down in the theater for the showing. <laughs> so, so like it was the you know it was like the release the day of show. So it's like it's coming out at seven. They're like we don't open until noon, and Levi's like I'll be there. And <laughs> like he sat in the middle of that theater and saved like this was pre like oh you buy the seat you're sitting in right so yeah he's like i'm sitting in the middle i've got all of these reserved everyone's sitting here i was able to reserve my seats at, at arclight at least um but i got kind of crappy seats for the showing i wanted but yeah he just he just <laughs> old-fashioned style <laughs> locked it, it down out. for you he camped it out and then there was another group of star wars nerds who did the exact same thing as him so that was exciting um, so they, they were like watching Star Wars on like their phone or something. So as they were getting ready to watch Force Awakens, they had Star Wars going on their phone. Um, I, I did not show up as early, um, but did get there earlier ish and was just like, he's, he's, he's whole, this is a Star Wars fan coming in, sitting in a dark theater, just ready for the Force Awakens. Um, and my other strongest memory that's not necessarily movie related, and I, I don't want to go too crass on this show, but I had to pee so bad for like 80% of this movie oh, that it no. almost ruined the experience for me. Because I am one of those like, I'm not getting out of my seat. I'm not missing a thing. I just don't do it. It's not a thing that I do. And at a certain point in the movie, I was like, this is going to be an issue. And by the end of the movie, I was like in pain, but I was like, I watched it. I watched the whole thing. And I don't know if I enjoyed anything because half the time I was thinking about not, not exploding on my insides. I, I have crossed that 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 bridge, BC. I used to be the same way. And in the past like five years, I've learned. And it was also one of the relief the things that was relieving about having tickets for the next night already. I was like, look, I'm going to miss something. I'm going to see this movie a hundred times. And now, even if I think I'm not going to see a movie again, I'm just like, nah, I'm out of here. I'm going to pee. And then I'll <laughs> nah, probably enjoy the rest of the thing. Uh, That's definitely the much healthier thing to do. I'm just, I guess I'm stubborn. I mean, I get uh, it. Like, I I hate, I hate missing those moments. Um, but... Yeah, this is unrelated, but I had someone say whenever we were going to see the Batman which is super long, like yeah. the ticket taker. She's like, if you need to go to the bathroom, do it during the mayor's funeral. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I was like, yeah, nice. Um, Good tip. Hot tip. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I we should start from... identifying a restroom break scene for every movie. I think BC. Ooh, okay, yeah. I'll see if I can pick one out on the fly whenever we're doing our light side and dark side. Uh, we'll we'll sort of note that. Um, <laughs> apart from my bladder and uh, just the overall hype of the viewing experience, I remember walking out of you know thinking being thoroughly like pleased with with what I saw. Um, you know, Star Wars was back. The Force had awoken. Ish. Uh, uh, we were on our way. Um, so yeah, I mean, positive initial experiences I, over time, and we'll get into some of this. Like, I don't know where it, where how I feel about it now, but I guess that's what this podcast is for is for us to discuss how we're feeling about what we're watching in the present. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely get into that when we balance the Force. But first. As we always do, I want to check in with the paper of record. I want to see what the old New York Times had to say about this. And this is uh, Manola Davis's review of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. New reviewer uh, for for this yeah. podcast. We have indeed, not, yep, we've not had a Manola Davis uh, Star Wars review before. Yep, Vincent Canby is probably dead at this point. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Vincent Canby. I miss uh, Vincent. A.O. Scott is not here to give us his mustache twirling holier than thou art review of Star Wars and cinema in general. Um, so we got Manola Davis and this is what they had to say. The big news about Star Wars The Force Awakens is, spoiler alert, that it's good. Despite the pre-release hype, it won't save the world, not even Hollywood, but it seamlessly balances cozy favorites. Harrison Ford, ladies and gentlemen, and New Kinetic Wiles, along with some of the niceties that went missing as the series grew into a phenomenon, most crucially, a scale and a sensibility that are rooted in the human. It has the usual toy store-ready gizmos and critters, but it also has appealingly imperfect men and women whose blunders and victories, decency and goofiness remind you that a pop mythology like Star Wars needs more than old gods to sustain it. Yeah, that's a pretty solid good, review. Solid, solid review, review there. Uh, I yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, BC uh, again, we're gonna balance the force, which we always do, which means we're gonna try to tar talk equal parts good and bad about this movie, or equal parts things we do and don't like, the both of us. But I think, kind of in general, uh, or, or at least for this movie and the last movie in this sequel trilogy. I think I might have the more positive uh, outlook on these movies, so I'm going to try to lean into that, BC, uh, just for the sake of, of the pod. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay positive as much as I can here. But yeah, I I think this makes sense to me, and that is definitely how I felt when I watched this movie initially. It was like, wow, a lot of the stuff that I love is back, um, and there's some some issues here. But like, let's stack this thing up to a prequel and see who's complaining. Um, and maybe my view has changed a little bit. We'll we'll get to our rankings later, but uh... indeed we will. Indeed we will. And and I wildly swung my rankings last week. I might wildly change them again because that's the kind of guy I am. Um, as I'm reflecting on these things, yeah. So if if you're gonna lean into the light side, then I'm I'll go I'll go full Anakin Skywalker, Revenge of the Sith on this. Um, so we can have our own balance. Uh, and it's it's not I'm I'm mostly joking. Uh, I don't have I I have very few completely negative feelings about Star Wars. Um, we'll get maybe to some of them <laughs> in the last movie, so I will need your help on the uh -huh. balance of that. Um, but yeah, we're both glad this movie exists, right? Oh, 
Totally. Yeah. It's to me, this, this feels as, you know, as we try to do, this movie feels pretty balanced in terms of the light and the dark for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, let's get into it. Let's start, let's start because we're positive people. Why don't you hit me with a light side? All right, BC, I'll do that. Um, I, I'm a fan of uh, Kylo Ren uh, throughout, throughout this trilogy, BC. Um, I feel like, Although Kylo isn't a totally new type of character for us, I feel like uh, Adam Driver kind of does what I would have liked to see more out of Anakin here. Like there's a a clear kind of like disconnect that he has and like an internal struggle that seems uh, it just feels kind of genuine um, and a thing I've seen in other people. Right. Like he seems like uh, someone I can uh, uh, relate to. Um, and it's believable that he's kind of this misguided person, you know, in the struggle, just like full of of rage. Uh, and I I like I like Adam Driver in the role a lot. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Kylo Ren Ren fan. Yeah, I agree. I think he's really good. Um, I uh, this hypothetical just came up to me. You, you can build a time machine. You drop Adam Driver as Anakin Skywalker. Do, do the prequels become immediately like 10 times better? Man, I mean, you know, I'm kind of a uh, I'm a Hayden Christensen uh, supporter here. But, I, oh, of course, of but, course. But yeah, but I think in I terms think of performers, I would like to see I would like to see Adam Driver, uh, you know, this age playing Anakin in episode three would be pretty cool, I would think. Um, yeah, I think he'd, I think he would have knocked it out of the old Parkerino. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's fantastic in this movie, which I, I think points me to a general big light side for me. Just the cast. Yeah. So obviously we get we get the old favorites coming back. So, uh, you know, you've got Harrison, you got Carrie, you got a little bit of a mark there at the very yeah, end. Yeah. But just in terms of who they bring in, um, that Daisy Ridley is, I mean, she carries most of this movie. Um, her working with Harrison Ford is awesome. Yeah. Um, you get uh, John Boyega as Finn. Uh, I'm not gonna stand for any Finn hate here. No. I, I want you to get right out of here. Yeah, yeah. If you're that gonna was, bring some negative John Boyega energy, because he's that fantastic. was such a, a wild thing, you know, coming off of that first trailer was just like, oh right, people are racist as hell. <laughs> like, I, what a what a nice what a delightful thing. Um, <laughs> Star Wars reactions oh, yeah. remind us that even racists can love Star Wars, which is. <laughs> Kind of annoying. Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> but I find racist annoying in general, so I guess that's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so, John Boyega, uh, obviously we talked about Adam Driver. I, from top to bottom, I think all, all the additions to the cast are really good. And I think uh, that, you know, that opening sequence with Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, Isaac. like, yeah. great chemistry uh, between the two of them, like, that was something rewatching it. I'm like, yeah, this still really holds up for for me. I really like their escape sequence together, even though it kind of leans into the the brand of humor that this sequel trilogy embraces. Is kind of like more right. modern, like sense of yeah. humor, which I don't always like. Uh, yeah. They kind of knock it out of the park when it's the two of them together. So I don't really mind. 
Watching watching the beginning of this movie, I am like, man, that Oscar Isaac is a charismatic performer. Yeah. Uh, he's really good. Um, and I, side note for people who don't care about Star Wars, I got to see him play Hamlet yeah, that's in rad. New York in a small theater. A dude can act. He's <laughs> yeah, really yeah. good. He's really good. It was like it was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had because I'm a I'm a theater person. Uh, and watching that production, I was like, how's it going to end? I'm like, wait, it's Hamlet. I know exactly how this is going to end. I've seen this and read this a thousand times, but the production was so good that I was like on the edge of my seat for Hamlet. I was like, that's something. Um, and a lot of it was like dudes on stage for four and a half hours. So, you know, uh, just crushing it. So shout out Oscar Isaac. He uh, famously, or at least famously to me, basically begged JJ to not kill him off, as was the plan. I think he was supposed to die in that opening sequence. Um, and, you know, who knows? Who knows if that's a decision he regrets or not? Um, I, I will say, you know, he would have maybe gotten out with ha- without having to say the, the, the line, somehow Palpatine has returned. Yeah, like he could have avoided some things and again I, i'm i'm a defender of uh of the last film of this trilogy but yeah uh he got in didn't want to get out who would want who would want to die off in a in this first star wars movie and you know he if he if that was where he was gonna die he gets to do a lot of cool stuff in this one um so yeah yeah i'm with you bc some good casting here very very good casting indeed uh, do you have any you have any dark side energy you want to throw at this movie? Yeah, yeah, I do, BC. Um, I'll say I, I was kind of baffled rewatching this. And, and I've seen this movie since I've seen it in theaters several times. I, I'd say I probably watch it once every other year at, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but the CG in this movie does not hold up to me. Uh, like mm. the weird look of episode three, like kind of that universe still holds more like uh, you know, it holds together better to me than this. Like there's so much of the like the Millennium Falcon chase is an exciting scene and some of the X-Wing stuff is exciting. But when I'm watching it, it is just like I'm watching a I'm watching something that doesn't have kinetic energy to me. Here's some, you know, some digital stuff flying around. I, I think it is striking how how well episode three held up whenever we rewatched it. Yeah. Whereas like the leap from episode from attack of the clones to revenge of the <laughs> yeah, Sith was yeah. n- noticeable yeah. in terms of the technology where you're like, Oh wow. Um, so the visual language in revenge of the Sith was like, I, I had no questions about it. Cause there is sort of like a, it just fits the world. I think the, the practicals in this were cool, but there, there is, I, there are times when I'm just like, there's money on the screen. There's so much <laughs> There's so much money on the screen in Force Awakens. And there is. And there's a lot of stuff that, that looks cool. There's, there's cool effects. But there are times where I'm just like, it does feel... It, does, it, like it doesn't feel as, as much a part of the Star Wars it's weird, universe huh? as other things. It's weird and that I, I, even the prequels to me feel more like Star Wars now than this does, which is 
odd because it's working so hard to kind of reference the original trilogy. But like the thing that illustrates it the most to me, BC, is like more than the new Stormtroopers, it is it's the mixture of the new X-Wing. You know, you've got the new model of X-Wing. And when Poe Dameron is running around at the beginning of the movie, this turret pops out of the bottom of the X-Wing. And just the look of that, the guns that they have and the turret that pops out, I'm like, what is this like kind of weird thing that's not sitting? It's like it doesn't mesh quite as well. Whereas, you know, the prequels all live in their own like super contained like design bubble. Uh, this it feels a little messier to me and less Star Wars uh, now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's. That's right. And it, it it's it's clearly in the same sandbox. It's just in a different corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they've got all of the, the the visual references. Everything is like this is a Star War. This is a Star War. They're looking at things. That's a Star War. But it just feels a little different. And it's hard for me to like pinpoint exactly what that is. And it, it, it may come down to. This shit, well, I'm just going to jump into this. So this being right. sort of like the the bigger kind of like darks. Oh, my overall dark side cloud that sits on this thing, right? And I don't want to besmirch one of the great companies in the history of mankind for fear of a mouse coming and assassinating me in my sleep, but the 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 Disneyfication of Star Wars, the the fact that it's no longer an, an independent producer of a movie, it is now the world's largest, you know, entertainment company saying we need this to be a moneymaker because we spent what, like four billion dollars to buy Star Wars. <laughs> um, you can feel financial pressure, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Throughout the entire new trilogy of Disney being like, we have to make money. We have to have money coming in. We just need it to rain cash all over this. So we're going to spend money to make sure that it makes money. And I think in doing that, and this is my my big overall dark side, I think, is that like this movie is very safe uh -huh. in a lot of ways that they're like, you know, we have to make money. What works? Well, Star Wars A New Hope really worked when we <laughs> when they started a franchise trilogy. Let's do that. Yeah. And and the copy and paste that exists in this, like it was noticeable when I first watched it. I was like, that's a very similar to Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. We've got uh, plans hidden in a droid. We've got a, a planet killing weapon, but bigger. Um, we've yeah. got someone on a desert. Like, why did she have to be on a desert planet? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, weird. Make any other choice than what's already been done. That's and that is compelling as Daisy Ridley is. Um, She's great. As much fun as she is to watch. The opening of this movie has a similar pacing of like, we're just kind of hanging out in the desert for a while doing stuff. But it's not really introducing kind of weird and wild new things. It's just kind of referencing Star Wars. Like when you watch episode four, the droids, you don't know what's going to happen to them. You don't know what's in the desert. You, you haven't seen a crate dragon skeleton or Jawas or whatever. And this is just like, here's a Star Destroyer. Oh, she lives in an ATST. Here's an X-Wing helmet. 
here's like and it's like okay great this is a big chunk of the movie here <laughs> where like it's it's just kind of referencing things and i and i like i, I kind of like i really like her performance in that yeah yeah but but what but from the writing perspective it's just like here's luke skywalker 2.0 yeah yeah you know what i mean here's a loner who who looks up to the sky and sees ships flying and wants to do that that's exactly, I mean, that's Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah. Like the, it's, it's someone, it's a, an, a parentless person in a desert world looking to the sky, hoping for something greater. And we know that that works and Disney knows that that works. Yeah. So they're like, let's do that. So uh, to a degree, I get it because it's like, we need to make money. So let's just do sort of the most, let's just copy the most successful movie of all time because we own it now. Yeah. We yeah. can update Who's it. Sue we us? Can, yeah. No one because we own it. It's ours. Uh, so we, we can update it. We can make it, you know, 21st century. It's great that we've got a woman in the lead of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. That's, that's where they fantastic. took the most, the most risk, quote unquote, is like we'll have a female lead and we'll have a black guy as our secondary lead. And, uh, you know, I'm sure. Sh- like, I guess they deserve some kudos for that, judging by the backlash only, you know, right? Like, uh, clearly uh, there there were some vocal, you know, uh, response to that. Um, and and that is the, the one place I'll give them a little bit of credit as a, a corporation or whatever, is that they haven't let that determine how they're going to continue on making Star Wars. Is they're pretty firmly like, no, screw you guys. <laughs> like, this is going to be a, a, a less all white franchise moving forward. And to be fair, I mean, I think for both of us, that's for you and I, it's it's a pretty low threshold that they have to clear. Just right. be like, We're going to put a woman and a person of color in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, exactly. Big swing. But yeah, the, the backlash of, of our our favorite kind of Star Wars fan, you. F- <laughs> wait, wait, let me see. Racist. Uh, <laughs> can you bleep me on command? <laughs> I'm, I'm giving us some some low dump screens. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean the here's a big dark side. Of the if, uh, Star Wars fans backlash to anything that has to do with uh, race or gender in general, which is going to be a recurring theme throughout all of our new movies, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to go back to, to the kind of the bigger point of, of we're, we're not, there's not as much forward thinking or innovation as I would like to see in this. I think even George Lucas, because I was listening to another podcast, shout out to binge mode. Um, they were talking about this and it was like in Bob Iger's biography that came out recently. He was like, yeah, George was like, didn't like it. He's like, there's, he was, and he's, he's like, there's nothing new there. There's, there's nothing new in this movie. Yeah. And it's, it's really true. I mean, it's, it's, it gets a fresh coat of paint. It, it works like as a film, it works, but as like, as an artist, someone who fancies himself as an artist, I really would have loved to see them take, do something different. You know, like you can still have the same characters, but tell and tell a tell the story in a way that's not so closely tied in my mind to a movie that's already been made now i get that a lot of storytelling is just recycling things that have been done before 
but it, it's the fact that it's so closely referenced to what's already happened. And now I'm going to, here's another thought that I, I want to throw out there too, which is me kind of like backtracking on what I said. I don't think much like the original, not the original, much like the prequel trilogy wasn't for a certain generation of Star Wars fans. I don't know that this trilogy is necessarily for us either. Yeah. Like if, if I'm an, if I go back and put on my eight and nine year old brain and I don't have to think about Star Wars canon writ large, uh-huh. I'm going into this movie and I'm walking out having had one of the best times of my life. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at it with my, my old man filter and my, I've seen everything so many times, it's a, it's a lot easier for me to be like, yeah, but it's basically just a new hope. And and that's my take, and that's perfectly fine. But if you look at it from another point of view, from my point of view, this is a different movie. You know, uh, to quote one of my favorite lines in Star Wars history, <laughs> um, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Great Anakin. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you look at it from the the Disney aiming at a younger audience, trying to get them excited about Star Wars, bang, nailed it. Give yeah. them a new hope, make it shiny, make it new. Give them people that look like them, which Star Wars has not been doing a, such a hot job of uh, in the past, if, as we have discussed. So I think overall, you know, it's balanced, right? I think it, the this movie is very purposefully balanced. And that's part yeah, of my yeah. quibble that I have with that. It's like, I, 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 me, selfishly wish that they would have taken a swing in a different direction, but it is what it is. And it's enjoyable. I just, I just... I I wish for a little bit more from it. Yeah, BC. Uh, a lack of lack of originality. I will I will agree with you. Uh, is a dark side thing for this one, and is one of the reasons why I I'll defend the last of the trilogy uh, to some degree for just being bonkers in places. Like sometimes I'd just rather have bonkers than things I expect. Um, but uh, let, let me throw out a, a big light side for me, BC, if that's all right. And I think a place where they did take a little bit of a risk is um, I was not expecting to see a lot of Harrison Ford in this movie mm. because not reliable, not someone who is a, a big fan of the franchise. Um, that introduction of here, here is Han and Chewie and they're, they're smugglers again um, on this crappy giant freighter like doing weird stuff in the universe was uh i I love i love that sequence um i i you know i know a lot of people don't like the rap thar uh sequence um i i don't know i like it i like the the color design of it i like that set i love seeing an engaged um harrison ford i was surprised when i watched this movie to see him seemingly trying like I, I know that the dude works hard watch a little bit of uh of call of the wild if you want to see that be true <laughs> like the guy does try you know um most of the time but um yeah i love that sequence i love the introduction to han um and uh i like that group of characters together probably my biggest light side is is harrison ford yeah his specifically his performance in this movie and i think you're right when disney backs up a brinks truck to your house and says how much (laughs) can we give you to care about this yeah there's a dollar amount where you go 
I will care as much as you want me to. And I think we reached whatever that was because. Um, <laughs> and also he, agreeing to kill him off, I think, had a, a big part I, to play in his. Yeah, I think willingness. The, my specific note is justice for Han Solo um, as my my big light side is like. We knew that he wanted to die in Return of the Jedi. Uh He's like, Han Solo needs to sacrifice himself to make this have weight. And they were like, no, uh, in Return (laughs) of the Jedi. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, we were talking last time, uh, last week about Return of the Jedi and how he wasn't contractually obligated to do it. And his performance a little bit reflects that, like, all right, I'll come in and I'll give you a couple takes of the movie star and then i'll go back to my trailer is is the general feel i mean i'm being a little uh flippant about that performance but uh, you know i the the quality of his performance definitely drops off for me in return of the jedi flies right back up in this movie where it's like oh we've got new hope han we've got empire han but now we've got old rugged grizzly han yeah. i mean the fact that you get him doing a line reading about the force being true. Yeah. All of it. And, and it seems selling. Yeah, he sells, selling that line is insane. <laughs> he sells the entire original trilogy to a new audience, to the character, to, to Daisy Rid, to, to Ray, you know, which is truly Daisy Ridley everyone. deserves a ton of, uh, of credit for like, I, I feel like being a scene partner that was exciting for him to work with, you know, like, <laughs> For sure. And and it, it, I think it's it's as an actor, too, it's got to be fun to be working with new people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, just just in general, because it brings new energy. So the fact that all of his scenes weren't with Leia or with with Luke, you know, he's he's working with a, a distinctly younger generation and, and being in this sort of grisly you know, grizzly veteran role in Star Wars and having youth and and real enthusiasm for people who are in these roles. Because can you imagine how life changing it is to be like, hey, you're the star of the new Star Wars franchise. Yeah, I'd be like, wow. I will I will do anything for you. I will be <laughs> the hardest working actor in the history of mankind for you. Um, so he, he, you know, I think that obviously stepped up everything in his performance not that not that he wasn't going to do that to begin with but having great scene partners makes you better just in general as an actor and so i think having two you know younger people who were thoroughly engaged and thoroughly invested in this just made him soar and he's fantastic he seems to have a real like appreciation and love for peter mayhew um i watched an interview shortly after peter mayhew had died and watched uh, Harrison Ford almost cry on like national television uh, talking about him. And, you know, uh, I, I know that there there are shots where I feel like I know that's Peter Mayhew in the costume. Right. Like, I know he's not in all of it, but he's yeah. definitely there some. Um, and he was probably on set for a lot of it. Um, and I, I feel so, like yeah. Han's interactions with Chewbacca in this are you know, as believable as they've ever been. You know, it seems like he's having fun almost talking to Chewbacca. So, you know, shout out to Peter, Peter Mayhew, too. Um, it's such and it. I'm just thinking about this from the. The performance aspect of it, it is such a fun challenge to be to have your scene partner be a guy in a fuzzy costume. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the fact that your scene partner is someone who's in a bear costume. 
who's just a naked bear just standing <laughs> next to you, big old naked fuzzy person, um, whose whose range of facial expression is very little. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> I can open my mouth and look around. You know what I mean? Um, but his, yeah, the there is something that is. I mean, it, it still melts the cockles of my cold heart when the two of them walk into the Falcon and he's like, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. You know, like that, that to me is he still like runs in there, man. That take is is great. Like, that's the best he looks running in the film. But like, it's a, some rough Han running shots. <laughs> it's looking good. It must have been the, the shot before his leg was broken under, underneath the ramp of the Falcon or whatever it was. It's so great. Like it's like, like he's he just goes out of his way to break stuff in his old age. You feel like I <laughs> eh, crashed my plane again. <laughs> what? Yeah, I Come broke on. my pelvis. <laughs> I smashed That's not my a thing pelvis. you want to break at your age, Harrison. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, huge. Huge light side for me is just his performance in general. Yeah, um, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I think that's why I saw the whole thing through rose colored glasses is I was just I was truly blown away of how much of that that I got and how. And then I was so excited when he died because I was like, now they can't ruin this character. He's done. He's dead. It was a great like sayonara. And mm-hmm. then they made solo <laughs> immediately after. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, it, it was cool. I liked it. But that was a prequel, so it's okay. It's fine. It doesn't count. Um, <laughs> ooh, can I throw out a dark sign? Yeah. Snoke. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm. I'm also. I'm. I'm gonna join you on the dark side with that. From the moment, really, for the first time I watched this movie, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not a not a Snoke fan." Uh, yeah, spoiler alert! It's gonna be dark side for the next couple movies uh, in general. Uh. But again, Andy Serkis, fantastic yeah. performer, great casting choice. He's yeah. going to come in and he's going to knock it out of the park. But this giant projection, and spoiler alert, failed clone of Anakin Skywalker, which we only learned from a comic book and not through any part yeah, of this movie. I don't movie. think I ever realized that. That he was yeah. a failed clone of Anakin. I mean, I well, understood because I read the Darth Plagueis novel that, like, yeah. I, I thought it was trying to con- construct life out of Metaclorians purely. Um, so I, I didn't know that, but I, it's just one of the baffling things about this new trilogy that you're like, did you guys have any idea what you're doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> was there a roadmap or was it just we gotta make money now? Uh-huh. Um, dark side. Uh, but yes, Snoke in general uh, is just like, okay, we've got our new Palpatine. Again, we'll talk more about him in the coming coming weeks. Um, new Palpatine, he, except he's ten times bigger, just like except the new he's Death giant Star. and not in the room. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's as as a literal big bad in this movie. I'm just kind of like, meh. It doesn't. It doesn't help me understand the first order anymore. Which I'll again throw is, that on the dark side. The first order. Um, you, you mean copy and pasting stormtroopers and the empire? And, yeah, it's just not compelling at all for them. Like it, it. Look at the Mandalorian and how interesting it is to be in a, a period of like kind of disarray, right? And like everything yeah. isn't set up. 
with no justification, you have the First Order, which is like even more blatantly space Nazis. Um, <laughs> and yeah, apparently the, their soldiers yeah. are like children, like conscripted as children. Somehow they're massively powerful. And in the middle of the movie, they blow up the Republic. They blow up the Republic, which is seven planets or whatever. They blow them all up. And it, the, the scale is such BS to me. I hate it so much. <laughs> like, okay, what are you fighting for then at the Republic? Like when there is celebration at the end of the movie, it doesn't feel earned. It feels like, shouldn't you still be upset that the Republic was blown up? <laughs> you, know, you know, like, good for you. You blew up the ball, but... I don't know. It seems like it should maybe be a more somber thing. Um, so, yeah, the yeah. first order and the scale of it, I don't I don't like. Um, yeah, it's and I think you mentioned Mandalorian and the other thing, too. And I know you're you're watching some of this now. Rebels, the way that yeah. they treat those periods of like the Empire being something that is is still kind of finding its feet and finding its organization and being, you know, something that, that has a mission of some kind that is still in the process of being figured out the force we get the first order. They're like, this is the first order and they're bad. And they kind of look like what would the empire was, but it's different, but you don't know why, but there, everything's set. And we've get a little bit of disagreement between Hux and Kylo Ren at the top of like, you know, we're, we're nitpicking at each other. But other than that, everything's pretty much in place. I'm just like, how did we get here? Yeah. And what is this? And I guess that's what Mandalorian may be doing is like, hey, we got to explain a lot of first order stuff. Yeah. Um, so you get that sort of in between period, I guess. Um, but in this movie, you just kind of get dropped into it and you accept we accept it. Right. We accept it because we know the visual language of of what this is. The First Order stormtroopers look like stormtroopers from the Empire. A little fancier, a little upgrade, just like we did at the beginning of our podcast in the uh, in the cold open. Got a little fresh coat of paint on some of this stuff. That's but right. Like, we're just reskinning the Empire. But they should have taken. They should have done it correct. If they're going to copy Star Wars, do it correctly. Make this a smaller scale story. Um, about you know ray and like maybe finding some sort of phantom menace if you will you know out there like some like oh and the end of this movie is oh no it's like like episode one oh no looks like stuff is bubbling up out there like right. it's gonna get heavy in the next one uh like that's so much more compelling to me than like here we are they we we got a death star already um kind of kind of, kind of pose a question to you as we're just shooting the breeze here uh -huh. two pals talking about star wars uh as we do weekly what uh, i've already said this I, I i didn't feel like there was a plan in place do you think palpatine was always in the bag for this <laughs> no no okay. way no I, I i didn't think so i i, I didn't feel that either like, because, you know, knowing what we know now, spoiler alert, we've seen all these movies. Um, Palpatine is Rey's granddaddy. Um, there's there's nothing that feels like tracks are being laid for that other than she doesn't know who her parents are, but she's going to find out who her grandpa is, yeah. uh, which is thoroughly uninteresting to me when we get yeah. to that. But but it, it, just this idea that, like, how can you go into, you know, you're going to make three of these movies. 
how can you go into this endeavor without having the whole thing mapped out and I an idea of where yeah. it's going. And I know George didn't super have that because he had brothers and sisters smooching through sixty six percent of his movies. But still, like you, you knew the arc of like where we're gonna go is the redemption of Anakin. Where are we going with this? Is like, eh, we'll figure you know, it out. Yeah, well, we just gotta make sure this movie makes money, and then we'll be able to fix it in post. You know, we'll we'll fix the process later. And to yeah, me, it's, it's wild. I'll say, I'll say, dark side that's gonna run through these trilogies. Just like, I really wish that the tracks were laid for what this was because it. it and if you're a kid watching it, you're not going to feel this probably at all, other than it's kind of like, some of this is confusing. But as an adult watching it, I'm like, they didn't know where they were going with this. And they're making it up on the fly. And there's changes in director and writing. And it all just goes, it's all just goes all over the place. It's like, we're just going to, we're just going to spin. Bill everything everywhere, and then in the last move, we're gonna be like, we gotta get, we gotta make this <laughs> all make sense now. We've gotta tie it all together. Grandpa nailed it. A thousand star destroyers, amazing. You know, it's just like it, it's. And this movie is it functions. I just wish it had more sight as to where it was going. Yeah, with the what's with what is to come. But I don't I don't want to let the other two movies paint my experience with this one too much because I did thoroughly enjoy this when I first watched it. But now I, I, I do have to take my mind out of Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker also painting the experience of this movie. So standing alone, I think this movie works really well. Standing as part of what this new trilogy is and, you know, we referenced the the Disney of it all and the the new fancy coat of paint that star wars is getting taking all of that into account it it does change the way i see this movie as part of a whole i guess yeah for sure i yeah i mean i think in general kind of as whereas i started to like the prequels more as they went along you know as i was watching them they improved for me this this kind of i have the the opposite experience where like as a whole it doesn't hold together nearly as well um totally and and the thing about the prequels is like objectively are worse films like yeah 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 the the quality of the filmmaking is lower in at least two-thirds of them but they know exactly what story they're telling from yeah. beginning to end. Like that is George Lucas saying, here's the here's the fall of Anakin Skywalker. And these are the stories that are being told here. We're like new Star Wars. And that's kind of all they had. Yeah. They're like the Force Awakens. <laughs> the Force is awake again. I just Star can't Wars. imagine how many hands were in there, uh, you know, making a oh, mess we of should, things. Can we can we do a parody of like the 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 pitch meeting for the okay we got a name we got a big job today everybody we have to come up with the name for the new star wars movie a lot of pressure in this room a lot of pressure what are your ideas let's hear them there's no such thing as a bad idea pitch them what do you got um um han solo strikes back that's a bad idea bob what's next um um what would you name this pc do you have one on deck? No, I, I don't. So I'm not going to besmirch them for only coming up with The Force Awakens. Um, I, I mean, the the Force does awaken, I guess. But uh, I don't I don't 
that title does nothing for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about it now. I'm like, they're fancy words put together that are Star Wars words. The Force Awakens. Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Ah, which is exactly the feeling that they want. Uh, oh, ooh. Intrigue. Um, I mean, I, here's a little light side. I do like the scene where, you know, she discovers Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and the Force calls yeah, to her. Yeah, that's like exciting. That was really exciting it, on a rewatch before the new ones came out, too. It was like, oh, man, where are we going to go? Yeah. Um, and how we got that lightsaber, that's a story for another day because we don't have the answer in this movie. So we'll punt the ball and never tell you how we got that. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give I'll give. um. One more light side here. Uh, please, please rescue me. I I feel overwhelmed with. I with I like that that first um fight sequence, the big fight after all the planets get blown up. Um, <laughs> it's cool. I don't like the new X wings. Um, I'm a T sixty five X wing guy. Um, and I really don't. I don't like how. I don't like how easy it is to fly things in this and how they all kind of spin around, like just kind of the weight of the space combat doesn't feel as cool to me. It feels much more like a video game, but the the ground battle mixed with the air battle is uh, it's really fun to watch. You get to Han shooting Chewbacca's bowcaster. He's he comes out shooting things, which is a problem in the most recent Indiana Jones movie where it's like he never shoots anybody. And I was worried that was going to be the case here, too. It's like, no, he does some murder. Um, Finn gets to have a lightsaber fight. I love Finn with a lightsaber. I love his clumsy lightsaber fighting. I think it's awesome. Like, I love that. He's clearly doesn't know what the heck he's doing. And it I, it looks good. So I'll say Finn with a lightsaber and that that fight sequence is cool. He fights exactly how we would fight right. if someone gave us a lightsaber and they're like, all right, try not to die. And be like, yeah, it's a baseball bat, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to be, you know, pulling some sweet Jedi tricks and be like, yeah. I'm going to try to smash your face with this, which is like, that's an approach. Um, I yeah. don't like good. that he ignites it with the button at the top, though, that. That's not where that used to be. <laughs> I feel like I'm wearing I'm wearing black. I feel like a Sith today. The lightsaber noise being like they're like we're gonna lightsaber the holy effing s out of this when it ignites. You're just like whoa. You're like yeah. I don't know. It it just was like okay. It's a lot. That's yeah. fine. Um, I don't know. It's I don't know. Yeah. It's this movie's fine. That's my balance. That's my balance for this. I have I I take a lot of umbrage and it's and I'm I'm sorry, dear listener, if my general tone has not been as as positive. There are definitely things I like about this, um, but it, in terms of the new franchise, the new trilogy, the Disney trilogy, which I'm again I would never besmirch Disney as I hope that one day the Cargo Bay is in their employ. Um, <laughs> I just don't just as a as an artistic endeavor, I think we get too much corporate squeeze on a lot of this, which is felt in an unfortunate way. But again, that's for us, people who have watched Star Wars a lot for a, a younger generation. I can imagine this is one of their favorite movies, and I can completely understand why. That's my balance is is less like 
this is fine across the board and more like, wow, I got Han Solo a lot and a lot of stuff I don't care about at all. <laughs> like, it's kind yeah. of a, a an up and down. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like the movie. It, it It's fun to watch. I like watching most of the interactions. There's some stuff that's a little rough. Um, the last thing I want to say, just because it drives me crazy, is that, again, this movie establishes that basically space travel takes no time you teleport from one place to another and then they land the falcon on this giant ice planet and walk miles back and forth between things while there's a space battle happening that's supposed to be like eight minutes or whatever they're like we got to go over there han solo would die before he made it over there <laughs> like you, they got to find a not cliff to get down to where they're going which is not a short walk in several feet of snow. It, it, and then Phasma's there. Uh, can I talk about how, like, light side, Phasma's look and the fact that Gwendolyn Christie is in that thing and looks so badass. Dark side, completely underutilized in this and again, uh, not to go far into everything, about, but underutilizing everything that comes after this. And well, like, it's, I, it's her character's fault that the shield went down. She took down the shield instead of getting shot. Um, she wouldn't be working for the First Order no more. No. <laughs> That's, Snoke, no, no, no. Snoke isn't going to let her kick her around. Uh, you know what? If you were a real soldier, you would have sacrificed yourself and said no. And yeah, taken it to, like the, a... to the planet-sized gun. That also, the, the, the suns they suck up move faster than the speed of light. Like, <laughs> because... If, if you have a planet that is an ice planet next to a star, it's got to be at least two minutes away from the sunlight of that star. No, that thing vacuums up the plasma <laughs> in seconds. Like, I I didn't remember how stupid the third, the fourth Death Star <laughs> is, but I, I think I need to mention that. That is just dumb as hell. I hate it. That's that's maybe more than anything else I've said, actually, that. <laughs> the, I hate it. I hate. I hate the four Dark Death side. Star. It, it's really funny because that you know they've got the mission briefing, right? You get a classic mission briefing scene, uh. and like you know, they're like, so it's like the Death Star, and Poe's like, actually, this was the Death Star. Pops up like this. This is Star Killer Base, and it just like. And it, Han Solo goes, so what? It's so bigger. It's big. Yeah, it's, it's bigger. It's yeah, like, it's like sorry, that doesn't fix it. <laughs> that yeah that, that yeah. line doesn't fix how stupid this is <laughs> yeah and and han solo's line is is even like it's almost like meta and self-aware of how yeah, stupid yeah. it is yeah it's like so what it's bigger exactly you made it bigger la freaking da like yeah, come you up made with it something new come up with a different come up with a different threat yeah that's not okay we've got a circle in space that'll blow you up We've got a bigger circle in space that'll blow you up. Sold. Great idea. Put it in the script. Like, come up with anything that is different. I just thought anything. of something, BC. Um, the Empire has has developed these, like, invisible hyperspace traps, like, in shipping lanes. So you can't jump to light speed without fear of getting blown up in space. So it becomes a, like, it takes longer to travel places. Is that a thing? You got to read this book, man. <laughs> uh, like... 
uh, most of what it is about is hyperspace travel lanes. Like the it the I'm not gonna spoil anything. It's it's at the very beginning. It starts with like a crash in a hyperspace lane, and the Jedi are like, "What is going on? This isn't a thing that happens." Well, here you go. See, BC, there 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 are things out there to explore that are yes. somewhat novel. Um, and Literally, not like it's a the the first third of the book. Um, I'm I'm about two two thirds of the way through, probably a little bit over. Um, the first third of the book is like fast paced, quick chapters, like bouncing from action to action. I'm like, that's gonna make a good movie one day. Like just reading that book, I'm like, yeah. what they got in that book is a good movie. They, I'm glad they canceled the old canon to to go forward for the most part. But there there were so many ideas that they could have borrowed from. Like, imagine if the, the last movie in this trilogy was or, or what this really was, was, you know, the remnant of the Empire and the rebels finding out about a greater threat that they have to face together. And that's how we fold Kylo Ren back in is like, you know what? He did kill his dad, but we kind of need him because we're fighting the Yuzong Vong or whatever. You know, like there, there was just so much established there as as like interesting story ideas that they could have folded in. Obviously, they took Kylo Ren. They took, you know, the the son of of Luke and or sorry, Han and, and Leia going bad. Like so they took some stuff. But yeah, I don't know that, that, that this is just where I'm at. I'm just I'm just in a very like very generally kind of dark but for this movie is a standalone very balanced kind of thing and i can't i i can't shake my headspace of where i am with with this film as being part of a new era of star wars and just kind of feeling like it's fine you know it it this that that you're right that that somehow the prequel trilogy is something that I, I, right now, if you're like, would you rather watch Attack of the Clones or Force Awakens? Be like, let's freaking watch Attack of the Clones, yeah, man. It's more interesting. It's a, yeah. It is a wild thing. That's absolutely not how I felt when I came out of this movie. And, but that's how I feel now. I like the, I like I the prequels better. But I, I will, it's like, I almost feel ashamed to say that because I know how bad Attack of the Clones is. But I, I there's, there's nothing else like it. There's not. And it, it has an idea. It, it has, it is. It is part of it is part of a story that has a, a focus that's being told. And I just I don't know. I, just, I but I'm, we'll get to our we'll get to our rankings. We're, here in we're a not second, hating but, on this. I also feel like no, it might have no, a better no. outlook if work had been a li little easier and I didn't watch this thing at two in the morning. But same. Yeah. Like the movie at the time, I said it gave me what I wanted since I was a little kid. And what I wanted was to see those characters yeah, I mean, when I think about it, in in large parts, Harrison Ford's arc in this movie, I'm like, I really am super stoked that that exists. I'm happy that that I have that. So let's get into some final judgments, man. We yeah. we, we we put this movie through the ringer. I feel like yeah, yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> so I mean, are we gonna? Is this gonna be the first movie that we send to the trash compactor? Or are we gonna sell it to the Jawas? You know, for parts. Or uh, we're going to keep it in the cargo hold forever. I, I think I know where I am, but uh, where are you at? Well, BC, I I think 
I will vote to sell some of this to the Jawas, keep what I like, strictly because I got to sell that Death Star. That's a lot of real estate, um, <laughs> and I don't like it at all. I like the interior of the, the power structure. All right, I guess. I like yeah. those pill designs on the walls. I like the... the you know, but nah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell some of this to the Jawas and keep what I like. I concur. I think uh, Harrison Ford's performance alone is worth keeping in the cargo hold. So um, let's sell let's sell a lot of parts off of this. We'll keep uh, keep some of the bits and the bops from the Jawas. Um, so we've got we've got some remnants. We can take some good out of the Force Awakens. Still nothing, nothing worthy of going to the trash compactor yet. And I think that, uh, you know, that's just because we're Star Wars lovers deep, deep down. Um, hotly contested Ewan McGregor Award? Is what it? do you think? I, uh, I mean, I'm, I giving it to, I'm giving it to, to Harrison Ford because that's... That's what I come. That's what I'm going to come back to this movie for over and over is to watch old man Han Solo that feels like a genuine old man Han Solo. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna companion piece my McGregor Award Daisy Ridley, stepping into honestly a pretty thankless job. Yeah. Um, and crushing it and being a great scene partner for Harrison Ford, being a great leading lady in this movie she's got carrying... han solo's concept blaster that he gives her which is very cool yeah it's she's uh, cool she, she's cool she she does an amazing job in this movie um pair her with old man harrison ford and you got you got some some screen magic there so congratulations uh, Harrison Ford and Daisy Ridley. Of course, if you do want to collect those awards in person, uh, shoot us an email to thecargobaypod at protonmail.com. We will send you our personal address uh, so you can come hang out with us. I'll treat you to lunch and give you your McGregor Award. That's right. There's a Del Taco right across the street. Thank you. And I got, I, yeah, I got a good lunch spot here. Um, I mean, you're probably closer to them, but if they decided to come to Fayetteville, uh, I'll, we can go to Hugo's. Hey. Shout out Hugo's. Hey, low dump. You think you could cook up a stew for our uh, our friends if they come over? <laughs> Great. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, low dump. Excellent. All right. So that's a standing invitation for our McGregor Award winners. Uh, low dump stew on the house, <laughs> and it is all <laughs> over the house. Or, no, I mean it's just know. on the walls. It's it's, <laughs> it's terrifying. It's um, I wonder how his subscription service is going. Uh, yeah, question for question. another day. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's go into this. This is going to be interesting. Personal rankings. Let's rank them personally from top to bottom. Um, so as we're watching these, we're we're ranking these movies, and there's some swings from week to week. Adam B, where are you this week with your Star Wars rankings? Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you top down? Why don't we go from top to bottom? All right, I'm starting at the top. Uh, new, new thing for me. Episode four is at the top right now. Watching Rebels, uh, PC, I, uh, it's only making me like it more because Rebels really does feel like the same vibe and scale to me, um, yeah. which I really like. Um, and then Return of the Jedi, um, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. And then I'm going to put, uh, The Force Awakens, Right behind episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then uh, episode two, 
No, sorry, excuse me. I'm going to put uh, Rogue One um, under Force Awakens, which I think is like a bad call, but I just want to watch Han Solo. Um, <laughs> and then I'll put Episode 2, Episode 1, Solo. Uh, that's where I am right now. Okay. This week, on my wildly swinging pendulum of personal rankings, where the qualifier at the moment is... If if you told me to, that I've got to sit down and pick a Star Wars movie to watch, here's my rundown. In the number one spot, Empire Strikes Back. Number two, I'm I'm still feeling Rogue One pretty high on my list. Nice, nice. Number three, I'm gonna go Star Wars: A New Hope. Number four, this is where I get spicy. I feel like I'm going to go Revenge of the Sith. I like the spice. Then Return of the Jedi. Then I'm going to go... Man. Then I'm going to go... Phantom Menace. I'm so sorry, Force Awakens fans. Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Force Awakens, Solo. I apologize. Force Awakens definitely has room to... To rise on my list again it may have just been my headspace of watching it this week that just kind of put me in a like eh, mood but right now that's that's my list so empire rogue one what did i say after that uh episode four I, yeah new hope revenge of the sith return of the jedi phantom menace attack of the clones force awakens and solo Man, the a... bottom has the most room to shift on any given occasion at the moment. But right now, just coming off of Force Awakens, I'm like, uh, give me, uh, let's watch some Attack of the Clones or <laughs> let's watch Phantom Menace. But it, I think it will it will move, but it's firmly in that that lower tier for me. This has been a fascinating experience uh, watching these these lists shift around and really surprising myself over here. You know, I think the I think the real test is going to be when we finish Rise of Skywalker and we've got to give our definitive list. Yeah. Of we've watched all I of them. I think that list has which to stand until I a think, new Star Wars comes out. I, I think, yeah, I think that's the one where we go, okay, we're not going to touch, we're obviously not going to touch the list. Our personal feelings may change and, and we may watch something different, but that that's what we're going to, we're going to lock in. So that's going to be a big episode. The Rise of Skywalker, for a lot of reasons, um, is going to be a big episode. But stay tuned for the final list. Uh, and if you're listening out there, send us your list. Yeah, What's your personal do. rankings right now? Send that to the Cargo Bay Pod at ProtonMail.com. We'd love to hear where you're at on your personal rankings of these films. That's right, BC. Uh, and this has been a very special episode. Um, we're we're running real long, but uh, one one more question for you, BC. Okay, all right. If you if you had to delete um, three movies uh, to keep the Mandalorian, would you? And what three movies would they be? Um, this is a quick question. I said, <laughs> okay, uh, no, no, I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing me for the most convoluted question. No, 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 it's it's good. <laughs> is I will delete. I will delete Solo, I will delete Rise of Skywalker, and at the moment, honestly, I'd, oh, 
it's hard for me to pull trigger on the force awakens to delete it to keep mandalorian but i if you pressed me i could delete three could you yeah i think i could yeah okay yeah. it could happen yeah i think it could um but yeah it's exciting exciting stuff bc uh exciting times ahead we basically have an obi-wan movie coming out uh and after this <laughs> pod releases very very shortly uh like yeah getting a full a full two eps of obi coming out um yeah we're I mean, we're we're almost done with our our reactions and our balancing of the force of of the star wars cinematic universe so we'll we'll be changing formats here uh shortly after we get through these movies as we go to our kenobi reactions and some possible other star wars related content as we move forward but uh we we will be bringing you more star wars the conversations will never cease um the cargo bay talk will never stop and also stay tuned for some hobby talk uh, that's because right. we're we're going to be talking about some cards here shortly so be sure to check out the feed for those episodes as well all right y'all thank you so much for uh listening you can catch us at the cargo bay pod pretty much everywhere um at the cargo bay pod and our email is uh, the cargo bay pod at uh, protonmail.com. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do because we're seven people away from getting that custom URL. Um, exciting stuff. Hey, APBDO. Beep, beep. Uh, do you think you could uh, get us out of here, please? We've gone way over time. Beep, All right. Thank you, PBDO. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one. Bye forever, y'all.